Are the old world picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest-cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk, text, and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. All right. I'm plugged Uh, in now. Darn it. You can hear me? Oh, it's you You should have seen what I said about you in those three seconds. It was amazing. awful, Ken. I know. I got it all out. It feels good. He's right, though, isn't he? Well, he's probably right. Sure. Probably. Yeah. She always tries to walk that fine line. <laughs> she has to see your face every day, five days a week. You love it. I do. You two have bonded over during the pandemic. <laughs> he's my buddy. He's your new friend. Uh, yeah. All right. So you can hear me now. Okay. Yes, I can hear you too clearly. All right. Well, you versus Ray. Hmm. What's that? I was watching this closely this morning. You against oh, Ray. Poland versus Mexico. Yeah. Oh, you knew. World See, Cup. I gave the hint and you got it. Okay. Because I was in the bagel shop this morning and a guy comes in, middle-aged guy, really boisterous. And he's wearing a, a, a bright green hat with an M on it. And he comes in and he's all excited because it's World Cup. And he says Mexico is playing Poland. And he goes, and uh, tequila drinking is starting early this morning. Oh, and he looked at me. I was wearing a Mets hat. He goes, Mets. All right. Let's go Mets. And I go, what's the M on, on the hat? Because it was just a green hat with an you M. You actually engaged with someone. I like that. Well, he was, he was excited over my Mets affiliation. No, I know. And, but... and, and so he goes, oh, it's Mexico. He goes, and you know, the th- thing that threw me off was he didn't look Mexican in any way. He and he was, didn't he, sound like an accent. Or he anything. did have an accent. He had this uh, square head, uh, graying hair. And he goes, did well, not fits your stereotype book. Well, because he says, actually, I'm a Russian German Jew, but both oh. my, both sides of my family happen to move to Mexico, so I'm oh. rooting for Mexico. And oh. he was boarding a well, big... a Russian German Jew. Um, unfortunately, they had to do a lot of fleeing. Yeah, 
Yeah, so uh, he uh, he ordered an enormous number of bagels, and he kept saying that he, they were going to pound down plenty of tequila all morning and then go to work later. So uh, that, so I thought, oh, we're Poland, Mexico. So I went home, and I, I watched I watched a lot of it. You uh, did? Wow, I yeah. didn't expect this. I thought it would partly be like, huh, hey, World Cup, you know, Americans don't watch soccer. Well, you know, coincidentally, two World Cups, we've been on a European vacation, and I've seen in, in cities where people are just absolutely insane over they it. They go bananas. Huge crowds in the especially, restaurants and especially bars. in Europe, right. Yeah, and then when their team wins, it's like a stampede, stampede of drunken lunatics. So I, I no, I, I can see what it does for people. I mean, I I watch. I mean, we have a U.S. team, but you don't see that here, right? No, no, you don't. There are that. pockets of incredibly intense football fans. It's football. Well, here in L.A., we have you know so many Which, people from Mexico that there's there's a, a big following, obviously. Yeah. So, and... but I but I watched it, and I mean. Nothing. There was no score. <laughs> well, that's it. After we should it, tell people, oh, wait, they may have recorded it. Uh, it ended in a 0-0 tie. After invest- but, you know, having said that, there are moments where it looks like someone's going to score, which does make the game exciting. It's not like the ball just sat in the middle of the field the no. entire 90 minutes. No, but <laughs> the thing is, you invest all that time, and at the end, nobody, nobody scored, and they didn't even try to break the tie. There was, it's like, okay, it's a tie. Everybody go home now. I, and I'm yeah. thinking, wow, that was that was a, that was a lot of. They didn't uh, have a shootout, or whatever it's called. Uh, they, right? n- nothing, no overtime, no. Uh, this is because <laughs> this is like, the early play. I don't think that would come until later. Yeah, uh, it's this like, is like to determine seeding and stuff like that. I think in the different um, draws, they have groups that they put place. The yeah, season. you have. Yeah, you, you know, I, I'm not going to pretend to know. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, you, you have but. you have to do well to move on to the next round, but it's not just. The winner of the section. I, I should have brought in Ray. He follows every sport closely. He can tell you what monster trucks are doing in the standings, but um, I'm sure he knows all about World Cup. I mean, it's whenever I come into the office, it doesn't matter what's on. He's got the channel on a sports show, whatever it is. Something and it, obscure. it's not that there isn't occasionally a lot of action and exciting moments. It's just that all there's a lot of buildup that goes nowhere because there's so many people on the on the field. And it's a big field. It's a big field. So to field. get the ball down to the other end, right. it takes some maneuvering. To right. try to get a clean shot off, I, I looked at, at the game at one point. It was in the second half, and they had number of shots on goal for the Polish, and they had zero. They didn't even have a shot on goal. No. Or a shot on target, excuse me. They had two shots on goal, but no shots on target, which means would I guess would aimed at the, uh, at the actual net area. Yes, and uh, you know that that's rough. That's rough, rough to watch for you know two three well, hours. What got my attention this morning was a headline in the El Segundo Times online that they were closing streets off in you know a Latino neighborhood. I guess because people were going to get up oh, and watch yeah. this game. Was it like nine or ten this morning? So eight started this morning? at eight. Eight. So they were closing off the streets. I guess to put up big screens. I don't know. I didn't really follow. Well, the also had they had they won, you don't know what's going to happen. It's, well, people would be excited. They might take to the streets to celebrate and parade, and uh-huh. um, kind of early to drink. But no, not for this guy in the bagel shop. No, he couldn't stop talking about the tequila he was going to have. Oh uh, yes, you know. <laughs> and at that point, when I was there, it was like it was like you know, quarter after seven. It's like wow. and this might be the earliest I've ever seen somebody excited about a drinking day at seven fifteen in the morning. Yeah, I'm looking at the rundown in the El Segundo Times when the, the game was going on. They were posting. They were blogging like all sorts of uh, – and it's all just about, you know, 
opportunities. Yeah. What a save. Right. Yeah. But uh, I enjoyed seeing all the Polish guys. Uh, they all had unpronounceable names. I saw the lineup flashed on the screen, and it was just this gigantic mess of consonants. <laughs> well, it says here the Mexican goalkeeper delivered a stunning save on Robert Lewandowski's penalty kick. That's not a bad name. That one's pretty easy. Robert Lewandowski. Lewandowski, yes. Yes. It was the first time Lewandowski has missed a penalty kick while representing Poland. So I guess he must be from. I I, I saw that. That was that was I think the big moment of the game. That was a, a you know a clear chance they had and uh, didn't yeah. happen. Says the energy level dropped off in the second half after extensive Mexico pressure in the first half, which included that save by the Mexican goalkeeper. Well, the announcer said that they had two completely different styles of play. That the, oh, that the Mexican really? team was was just going to push, push, push. They were always on offense, and that the. Polish strategy was to have an iron defense and then wait for the for the break and then run like hell for an wow. open break. As soon as you had the chance, then quickly try to score. And they wow. also had some set plays. So if they got a ball from out of bounds, they had certain set plays that they were very good at converting. But look at you, nothing You're picking up. I I used to cover soccer when I was sports writer. So football, it makes sense. They used their feet. Why yeah. are we calling our game football when there's just a, there's a kicker? But and I, I also sat through the time it's thrown and run with about 1,100 uh, kids soccer games. So, oh, that's true. That's true. You had that thing where all kids play soccer because it's kind of a simple game. They right, just stand there. If oh, they, want they, to they were they were run all up in, and down the field to do nothing. They were all on soccer teams. That's Get right. a participation trophy. We yeah. That's what they did. <laughs> you run up, uh, you run down. You run up, you run down. Once in a while, you accidentally run into the ball. You kick it out of bounds and then starts over again. Oh, you're in the tough group. Group C, That's the big story was that Saudi Arabia defeated Argentina 2-1. to one. Mm, yeah. That was a major upset. Yeah, They went crazy in that country for that win. Of course, all this is being played in Qatar. Well, both the, having a home field sort of advantage. Yeah, I looked all this up. Like, There's 200 nations that have a national team. And oh. and Mexico's ranked thirteenth and Poland twenty sixth. So they're they're both good and they both qualified for the uh you know, for the World Cup you have to go through a qualifying tournament. So they're they they both were the real thing out there. That's that's good. All right, that's good. That's that's a good it was a good morning. Above yeah. average. Look at that. Something I didn't expect. You were watching the World Cup. Once I heard Poland was in. Uh, I don't you don't get to attend too many Polish athletic uh, you know, sporting events. Not really, that, no. That doesn't come up very often. We are going to have a, a special guest on today. It is a woman who is the attorney for the man who's accused of driving his car through the crowd of cadets who were out running uh, almost a week ago in an area of South Whittier. Uh, five o'clock is when she's going to come on. But what we're going to do when we return, we will play in its entirety NBC4's interview with that man, Nicholas Gutierrez, who I guess appeared with his mother, and I think the attorney was there, too, for the interview with Colleen Ryan. Uh, so we'll play you that report. We had mentioned it yesterday and played a short clip. In case you missed the big news, he's saying it certainly wasn't deliberate. I fell asleep. And that's why I unfortunately ran through the crowd of runners. All right, so we'll play that story when we come back. The Johnny Kent Show, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right, well, tomorrow it'll be a week since that terrible crash in South Whittier where a man from Diamond Bar by the name of Nicholas Gutierrez, 22-year-old, ran into a crowd of cadets who were on their morning run. 25 hit. 
and we still have several in the hospital, including one man who was in uh, grave condition with various injuries, uh, most of them around uh, the area of his head. Uh, the good news yesterday is that uh, L.A. County Sheriff Alex Villanueva made him a, a deputy, just instantly uh, promoted him and got him through the whole academy routine and made him a deputy, and we hope for his recovery. So the driver waited a couple of days and decided to do an interview. He picked NBC4. Don't know why. Appearing with him apparently was his mother and uh, his attorney, Alexandra Kazarian, who will be our guest in the 5 o'clock hour. But now we're going to play you the story that aired last night on NBC4. The sheriff says you did this intentionally. Is that true? No. That's false. Nicholas Gutierrez says he doesn't remember exactly what led up to the crash, but he knows it was not deliberate. Is there anything you'd like to add? No, just apologies to what happened. It wasn't intentional. Nicholas was going to work as an electrician, installing solar panels on what started as a routine day. Law enforcement sources told the NBC4i team a witness saw Nicholas looking down, possibly at a mapping device or possibly dozing off. I take the same route every day. So you were familiar with the area? Yes. The crash happened early Wednesday morning in the South Whittier area near Mills Avenue and Trumbull Street. The class of about 75 recruits was on a training run when they were hit. Some of the uh, recruits said that you didn't break. What do you remember? Anything at all about this? I fell asleep at the wheel and I woke up to people banging on the window to get out. I had no words. When I got out, I asked if they were okay and they pulled me on and took me to the ground. 25 cadets were injured and rushed to multiple trauma hospitals. Initially, five were listed as critical. One of them now listed in grave condition. In the moments after the crash, Nicholas was detained and given a field sobriety test. He is represented by attorney Alexandra Kazarian. Not only did he pass the sobriety test, but CHP took him to the hospital and did a toxicology report and it came back clean. There was no alcohol, no drugs in his system. We're following breaking news nearly. The Gutierrez family learned about the crash on the news. Well, I was devastated. It was, it was horrible to hear that those people got run over. But I didn't know it was my son at the time. Nicholas's mother tracked the 22-year-old's SUV using an app after a family member recognized his car during breaking news reports. What happened to your face? This is when... I, I don't think that we're going to talk You're about that. No. Was it the airbag? No. It, went off. it wasn't the accident? No. Nicholas did not want to discuss his injuries, nor did his attorney. Sheriff's deputies booked him on suspicion of attempted murder of a peace officer. While in custody, he took a lie detector test. The results, according to him, what were they? It came out negative. Deputies with a warrant later that day searched the family home for evidence. On Thursday evening, more than 24 hours after the crash, sheriff's deputies released a press release saying Nicholas remained in jail on a $2 million bail. Hours later, bail suddenly removed. No charges filed, and Nicholas was released. One of the homicide detectives, he's the one that called me yesterday and said, you know, after speaking with his co-workers and your neighbors uh, in some investigation, he says, we just don't see your son actually doing this intentionally. And my partner is filing the paperwork to have him released. Uh, I think it's a very rare circumstance that in that short amount of time, they did so much work and also came to the conclusion that the charges that they arrested him for were, were not going to hold up as far as probable cause was concerned. Nicholas Gutierrez is a triplet. 
very close to his two sisters and his parents. They want people to know he has never been in trouble. He's never hurt hurt anyone in his, he's never gotten into a fight. Surrounded by his family, Nicholas talked about respect for the law and how something like this crash would be so foreign to his way of life and upbringing. His family represents a long line of law enforcement. He doesn't have anything against officers. We have a whole family that's uh, that are officers. Two brothers that are retired uh, California Highway Patrol. I've got uh, two cousins that are LA County sheriffs, one retired, one still active. And I've got another cousin who is a LAPD retired detective and myself, the Department of Corrections. And Nicholas, how often do you think about that day and sort of replay it in your mind? Since the second happened, it's just, I've been living in it like I woke up in a nightmare. What would you want to say to the families or those recruits that you saw out there that day? I didn't intentionally do it. I, I wish it never happened. I feel so simply like, I feel bad it happened. All right, that's from NBC4, aired last night in the 11 o'clock news. Nicholas Gutierrez, and I guess his mother and his father and his attorney, who will be on with us in the 5 o'clock hour. The one thing you asked about yesterday, which is still a little fuzzy, is he drives this route every day, but then it does say in the story a witness said that he was looking down possibly at a mapping device or possibly dozing off. So I guess hearing that interview, Nicholas would choose dozing off. Because if he drives that route every day, I realize he was going to some job, but why would he need a mapping device? Which is what you asked. Yeah, and uh, what hasn't been explained is how the car ended up on the other side of the road driving in a straight line right at the... Uh... Well, if he dozed off, that's why it crossed over. But you're saying, why was it driving straight? Yeah. It should have swerved that, somewhere because it would he's be, not holding the wheel very well. Yeah, it would be a, it would be a, a slant. Oh, it's true. A drift. I've actually done that when I'm driving very slowly just to check the cars, kind of, and I kind of let go of the wheel and see, and the car will sometimes just drift right. So well, I think it's supposed to be a way to tell about your alignment or something. Yeah, if your wheels are slightly out of an alignment, it'll, it'll drift. It'll drift, right. right. But, uh, uh, but it's, it was just going straight, and I, I want to understand what kind of turn he made that he, that he, or what kind of turn did he end up on, on that side of the road? Because he's, he's watching... It's said in one of the news stories that, that he's watching the uh, the GPS turn by turn instructions. Or well, what was the last turn he made? And then how did he get to the other side of the road driving in a straight line? Uh, it just hasn't been explained where it made sense yet. I've just seen fragments, but not. Well, that's not what the I have to ask story. the attorney because the the printed story here from NBC Four says a witness saw him looking down, possibly at a mapping device. Did he say in that interview that he was using a mapping device? Uh, I have to go look at the NBC interview. It may have just attributed that to him without a direct quote. I don't know. And you heard in there he also took and passed a lie detector test. So, um, you know, the fact that they still haven't charged him tells me that they don't have the investigative work to make the case that this was deliberate yet. What they were going to do I, was take a look at the black box of the car, see if they could get anything out of that. And I wonder course, what made toxicology. Uh, Sheriff Fianueva come on and say definitively ah. that we believe it was intentional. Because that, that, was, the, that was the moment where the, the story really shifted. At first, oh, it nobody, changed. Yeah. yeah, nobody knew what was going on. Then he came on our show uh, uh, a couple of days ago and said, uh, no, we... We think it was intentional. Yeah, I think that was Thursday. Yeah. yeah, Thursday afternoon. This happened Wednesday morning. So I don't know. Uh, clearly, 
they they have to interview a lot of people. Obviously, all the cadets that were there, but there may have been people in the neighborhood who saw the car. There's a lot of stuff they have to do forensically. Certainly, the police in the moment thought it was the cadets. Yeah, the because yeah, yeah. that's the part Wait, in the story well, that they uh, couldn't comment on his injuries. His or, injuries uh, came, came. They beat the crap out of him. They I'm sure that's what it they is. They dragged him out of there. Yeah. If it wasn't the airbag, if it wasn't the the, the accident, it was that you know they were they were pummeling him. And I and know I, I sent a lawsuit there. Yeah, no, I, I've heard that that, that the, there was a lot of po- police on the scene who thought it was intentional. Yeah, and there's so, that story that they had to get his foot off the gas pedal. Right. They pulled their way into the car. If that story is true or if that was just because of the way he was jammed into the car after the accident. Yeah, because he, he hit a, a pole, light pole. Yeah, right. he might have been, his foot might have been stuck there. I, I don't know. But uh, the police at the scene, and I think the police... Back at the sheriff's station, really thought that this was an intentional act. And maybe that can, you know, somehow Vina Wave became convinced of that as well. And I don't know. Maybe it's just a natural reaction police have. When, when well, the under burden attack. of proof is, you know, on them and the prosecution here. Yeah. So if it's too tough a case to make definitively, I don't see those charges necessarily coming. No matter what no. it looks like. Although, I mean, there, there might be some kind of ne- negligence charge. Oh, I think uh, he'll be charged with something, right? Yeah. Because you can't just drive into people. Uh, um, uh, obviously, he did not leave the scene. It's not a hit and run. But there has to be right, some sort of negligence behind the wheel. Yeah, there. you fall asleep at the wheel and you run over 25 people, you're going to get charged with something. Yeah, you can't. You're not going to get off the hook it, It's your responsibility not to fall asleep at the wheel. Falling asleep at the wheel is not an excuse that gets you out of trouble. All right, so uh, again, at 5.05, right after the news, our guest will be Alexandra Kazarian. You heard her in that report from Channel 4. She's the attorney for Nicholas Gutierrez, who was arrested last week after the wrong way crash that resulted in 25 police recruits being hit in South Whittier. More coming up. Johnny Ken, KFI, AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. And do we have the sheriff? We've been uh, discussing the Channel 4 interview last night with uh, the guy who ran into those 25 recruits. Uh, Nicholas Gutierrez. Nicholas Gutierrez. And, um, you know, Sheriff Inueva came on the air with us and said unequivocally that they, they are, are sure that uh, this was done on purpose. It was intentional. And Gutierrez was on TV last night saying absolutely not. He looked very upset. He, he dozed off. Uh, just fell asleep. His mother, father, and attorney were on as well. All They were all pushing the same story. Uh, let's get Sheriff Inueva on. Sheriff, how are uh, you? Hello there, folks. Hey there. Oh, not too bad. Yourselves? Uh, we're doing fine. We're good. I guess I take it you saw this last night on TV? Uh, I heard about it. I've uh, elected not on purpose. Uh, they've been described what he said, what he didn't say, which is important. And uh, we're standing by what we've done so far. We're waiting the results of it, and we'll let the Howie Patrol uh, work in conjunction with the DA and come up with uh, the appropriate charge and let the facts bear it out in court. Do you still think it was intentional? Yes. And, and I Can you st- tell us why you think that? Uh, well, the information, I'm going to let them, the Highway Patrol and the DA's office, reveal it. But what I know so far, that is my understanding. So it sounds like uh, it's going to be a bit of a bombshell. Concern, 
my other concern, though, is any uh, any attempt to try to uh, claim injuries sustained were as a result of his arrest. Um, uh, not true by any stretch of the imagination. He drove through a crowd of, of kids running at 40 miles an hour, hit a concrete pole, totaled his vehicle, airbags deployed, and that's the injuries that he received. He, he seemed to, without saying it directly, imply that maybe sheriff's deputies gave well, him those injuries. The recruits, him. yeah. Uh, because if it wasn't the airbag and it wasn't hitting his head on the windshield or the car door frame, then where would he get those kind of injuries? Because they all look fresh. Exactly. And not a single punch was thrown. Nothing, whatever. They did a team takedown because he refused to get out of the vehicle. And they were able to handcuff him. And it was what they referred to as uh, control holes and resisted handcuffing. And that was it. And, yes, he had quite a few injuries as a result of the obvious. Sheriff, who was at the scene besides the recruits? Was there somebody official there from your department or elsewhere from the academy? Yes, there was uh, staff instructors from the academy. In fact, there was two staff instructors that were involved in the takedown, in the, in the handcuffing, and a third staff instructor. And then there was three recruits also involved in it. And so you had quite a few people there. Have you heard anything on how he and that car got to that exact point on the wrong side of the road, hugging the curb, the curb going in a straight line, allegedly asleep? It, I, just, I don't know. It just doesn't quite add up to me. Uh, no, it doesn't add up to me either, particularly if he's going to work. I mean, if the guy did a work 24 hours straight and uh, on his way home did that, that would kind of be understandable. But in the reverse order, on his way to work, that uh, it doesn't uh, sit well with me. Yeah, the family says he gets up early every day. That's kind of his routine. So it's not like he'd stay. And they said he did not stay up late the night before. Uh, and then why on earth would he fall asleep to that degree? See, that doesn't that doesn't add up. But plus, the case would have to be made that either he knew the recruits would be on this run in that place, so he could track them down and run them down, or you could say that he just saw them and decided he wanted to do that. I, I don't know which would be the route here, and I guess you don't either. But that would I mean, this is going to be tough to prove. Um, yeah, but the threshold at the bottom of the scale is going to be a reckless driving and causing causing. Uh, those uh, those injuries, and uh, we still have one recruit is not out of the woods. In fact, that his condition remains grave and uh, is not improved to date. So we, we remain hopeful, but uh, uh, that's a grim reality we're facing right now. So he will face serious charges, even if it's not a case of deliberate. Uh, yes, he would face uh, very serious charges, felony charges. All right, Sheriff. Well, thank you for coming on. And uh, when, you got it. You know, you if you learn more about uh, the investigation that you can share, please call us anytime. You got it. All right. Okay, that's Sheriff Alex Villanueva, L.A. County Sheriff, who uh, came on because we just played the report from NBC4 interviewing the man who drove into the recruits in South Whittier. His name is Nicholas Gutierrez. His mother, his father... His attorney, all on NBC4, saying this was not a deliberate act. He simply fell asleep. And the sheriff was on our show the day after this happened, saying that, oh, everything we're looking at right now points to a deliberate act. But obviously he can't share 
every little detail because that's the nature of these things. Right. It's, and but it's not for him to actually charge. He's standing by that statement, but that that's his uh, opinion, I guess. Yeah, what, what the, the police do the investigation, then they turn over everything they have, and they recommend charges, but it's up to a DA to and actually he, make the case yeah. against the defendant. Right? And uh, nobody wants to say definitively how he got those uh, injuries on his face. No, but the sheriff wanted to say definitively nobody pummeled him. Right. No recruits, nobody at the scene, because that was the implication from that interview. And that's why the lawyer kind of cut the family off and said, uh, we're not going to say anything further right now because I think they're they're planning some kind of action against the academy and well, the recruits and whatever else they can do. So right now we have a standoff. Yeah, until the complete investigation is done and we find out what the recommended charges are. And he said it, it involves uh, CHP as well as involved in this uh, coming up with the case to be made against him. But you can see almost a week later, the sheriff isn't backing down from what he said last week, that he believes this is still going to be the case of a deliberate act. I just couldn't get him to, because he either doesn't know or he can't say what you have to make that case that it was deliberate. Right. And just because John Cobelt says he's driving in a straight line, looks very suspicious. It's probably not enough in a court. No, it's not. Me being suspicious is not something to. Well, you're saying because he drove in a straight line and right. Well, I mean, I mean, the story. He tried to swerve out of the way, but of course, he's asleep behind the wheel. He's not going to do that. The story. The story has to, like, make sense. It's got to be a linear story. There can't be a lot of well, maybe this and maybe that, maybe the other thing, because you know, I remember discovering this going back, you know, to the the OJ case. For each specific fact that is inconvenient, you can excuse it away if you're a defense attorney. And maybe a reasonable person allows one excused fact or two excused facts. When you get a whole string of them, it's like, now, nah, come on. You, 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 you can't explain away everything. Something has to fit in a linear, logical story. And I realize we're not living in a time, what a friend of mine said, we're living in a, a non-fact world now. Right. And people are quick to say, well, maybe this, well, maybe that, you know, all these one in a hundred chances. Well, there's a chance it could be this and a chance it could be that. Yeah, there is. But you can't string together a bunch of one in a hundred chances because that multiplies into one in a hundred thousand chance of it happening exactly like this. Right. But what I'm saying is to make the case in a court and you know how juries are and reasonable doubt is you got to have something pretty strong here. To make the case, yeah. Delivered. No, I, juries, juries are the least of what I factor into find. I mean, the, the jury's the last place I go to learn truth. Yeah, and whether or not it's true or not, in the long run, I mean, the recruit story that he couldn't wouldn't take his foot off the gas pedal even if he hit the light pole. It tells you that, uh, and and if he did get those injuries because they pummeled him, he was resisting, he was angry, and if it's true, with his foot on the gas pedal, he wanted to keep driving and keep either right. running from the scene or driving over more people. I mean, that would be. Something for the case against him, I guess. But I can't think of what else he would have necessarily to make the case this was deliberate. All right. Again, we will have the attorney for this man on the show at 505. John and Ken KFI AM640 live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. All right. Again, our big guest at 505 will be the attorney for the man who is, of course, facing charges for running into the crowd of recruits who were out on a morning run last week in South Whittier. 25 hit. We have several still hospitalized, including one man in grave condition. She will join us right after the news at 5 o'clock. 
After 3 o'clock, we'll get back into the Colorado Springs shooting at the gay nightclub. We will play some of the interview with the man we told you yesterday who was the hero who took down the large shooter, a 300-pounder. We have more information on that man, a name change, and a mother who apparently is an arsonist. Nice family. Really. And, And this military guy who did the takedown, he's 300 pounds, too. Oh, you know, I didn't know that. That well, was no wonder he sort of had a fair fight. That was 600 pounds of beef rolling around on the ground there. No wonder the other people didn't necessarily want to get involved right away. No, or... no. Well, they, they had trouble telling, the police had trouble telling who the bad guy was. Because they stuck uh, the military vet in uh, the back of the police car for an hour. They thought he was the one doing the shooting. Because apparently the shooter got pummeled. Yeah, yeah. He started hitting him and kicking him. He got hit him with his own gun, his pistol. Yeah. All right, so we'll bring you what Richard Fierro, the hero, had to say in an interview on CNN, and we'll tell you about these other crazy stories, including the mother who loved to go to the shooting range with her son. Oh, reminds me of the terrible Connecticut shooting from years That's ago. That's right. Another one of these the mothers. Oh, they're... And it turns out it is her father who was the San Diego assemblyman who just yes. lost his election. Yes, it's that side of the family. Yeah. Vopel yeah. is their name. So yeah. uh, we'll get into that after. There, there's some uh, chromosome issues there. We thought you'd like to hear this. Today, there was a White House press briefing. The subject was the White House coronavirus response team and the last appearance of Dr. Fauci. Dr. Anthony Fauci is retiring after, I think, 50 years of government service. He's 80 something. Uh, So he's moving on. Uh, The reporters got a little, well, some of them got a little bit rambunctious. We're going to play you this clip where things got a bit chaotic of course, in charge here is this uh, White House spokeshole, the press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre. And what you're going to hear in this clip we're going to play is a daily caller, White House correspondent by the name of Diana Globova, who wants to ask, and you knew this was going to come, about the origins of COVID-19, you know, the lab versus the market. Here's what happened. Dr. Fauci, um, only, only 13% of... Hold on one second. We have a process here. I'm not calling out on people who yell. And you're being, you're, being, you're being disrespectful to your colleagues and you're being disrespectful to our guests. I will not call on you if you yell. And also you're taking time off the clock because Dr. Fauci has to leave in a couple of minutes. I th- I'm done. I'm not, going, I'm not getting into a back and forth with you. Go ahead, Jeremy. Dr. Fauci, um, but, but she's only, only 30 great questions. You ask your question, you should allow her to ask some questions. Jeremy, it is not your turn. It is not your turn. You can read the press briefing. You need to call from people across the room. She has a valid question. She's asking about the origin of COVID. I hear the question. Dr. Fauci is the I, I hear your question, but we're not doing this the way you want it. This is a disrespect. Of, it is. I'm done. Simon, I'm done. I'm Simon, I'm done. I'm done with you right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're taking time away from your colleagues. Go ahead. That is Today News Africa journalist Simon Atiba. You see, and it has to be an outside journalist, right, who finally cuts through all the BS. Because all the American journalists, all these left-wing progressive bowel movements are sitting there, and they don't want to investigate. They don't want to ask any questions about the origins of the virus, right? They want to protect Fauci. 
Right. They want to cover up the truth. So it has to be a guy from an African media outlet who says, wait a second, why can't we ask this? The, most people never heard of Fauci until COVID. He may have spent 50 years in service, but it was 47 of those years in anonymity. And most people's first meeting with Fauci was over COVID. And there's been a lot of dishonesty going on. And you know what? They don't want to explain about the lab. And they don't want to explain about the financing of those lab experiments. Why were they trying to enhance the virus? Who was paying for it? How much U.S. tax money came from the NIH, which Fauci runs, and ended up getting getting funneled, getting laundered through other medical companies before it ended up at the Chinese laboratory? You know, Simon Atiba has been, uh, I just saw an interview he did a couple of years ago that they won't call on him. It was about a year ago. Yeah. But he's, he's been a thorn in their sides the way the Fox News guy has been, too. Well, because he's not one of these uh, progressive uh, suck-ups. He's not going to give Fauci the tongue bath. Uh, there was also a story, which I, I didn't see this, uh, it's about two months ago. Attorneys General in Missouri and Louisiana compiled pieces of evidence that they say shows Fauci works directly, worked directly with big tech big tech companies to steer public discussion discussion about COVID-19 and shut down talk about its origin. Work well, that includes direct conversations with Mark Zuckerberg. That's what they claim, these two if attorneys. If you don't. remember, all the social media companies in lockstep started shutting down anybody who posted anything that contradicted the official line, that it came from a market. It, it was out-and-out out censorship that there was a a party line story from the government, from Fauci and the Biden administration. The Chinese agreed with it because they were trying to escape responsibility. The World Health Organization went along with it because they were controlled by the Chinese. Right. And we helped finance the, the, the enhancement. And, and that's, that's what these labs do. There was a handful of labs in the whole world that had access or were doing experiments with this particular virus, a handful. And the outbreak happened in one of those cities. And do you know, to this day, they have never found an animal that had this virus. They never have found it. Not, not, not a bat, not a pangolin, not a frog, nothing. It was, a, uh, it was a cover story. All right, coming up next, we'll do a complete rundown. Uh, the club shooting in Colorado Springs, five killed, 19 injured. The man behind it, one lead story is he got a name change a few years ago. Kind of bizarre. Johnny Ken, KFI AM640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. And Deborah Mark, live in the 24-hour KFI newsroom. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. 
The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Are the old world, picturesque shores of Europe calling you? Set sail on an adventure with Avalon Waterways. Enjoy an elevated cruising experience. Avalon Waterways offers smaller ships, bigger experiences with fewer people and more of, well, everything good about river cruising. Don't just dream about quaint towns and cobblestone villages. See them for yourself and make lasting memories. Discover limited time offers today at avalonwaterways.com. Turns out a delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything they make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived and other thoughtfully chosen ingredients, their cleaning products smell like a dream and work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. Goodness, there's no better feeling than that. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Visit mrsmyers.com today.